Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Hi, this is Kate, ready to read your star sign. (laughs) Are you an Aries? Well, today for Aries, your star sign suggests you're going to have some good luck. But when I say good luck, I really mean however you can relate that to your life. Um, you've got a big bill coming. Uh, yeah, that's sure. right. <laughs> Some big news will be happening at work. Um, yeah. Changing S- career. Something that you've uh, recently been thinking about will come to fruition. We should. <laughs> <laughs> I see great things. If there's someone in your life recently that you feel the connection has been lost reconnect the merch mercury is in the microwave and it is time for you to reconnect (laughs) oh my god i think we could be professional um horoscope astrologists do you know what i would like to have as a crossover business (laughs) an astrologist meteorologist so you would do news bulletins with also astrology wrapped up inside of them so you'd be like oh in melbourne today it's going to be 16 degrees and if you're a libra watch your back because jane from work is coming for you <laughs> and a bit of patchy cloud over here in the north uh- <laughs> it reminds me of being girls where she's like hmm 40% chance it's already <laughs> raining. <laughs> She's grabbing her tits. You could just add in some. If you're an oh. Aquarian, it's probably a 20% chance it's raining near you today. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's what we'll do. That can be our next. Well, I don't know that it would work as a podcast so much, um, but I guess you can. They do weather reports on the radio. They do. I have been recording... <laughs> I know. (laughs) Sorry. We're keeping it in. Oh, great. (laughs) Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. It's welcome to (laughs) yeah. Welcome to meteorology astrology. It is a combo podcast of meteorology and astrology. Not to be confused with shitting bricks, which is a podcast about scary things that spoop us. Yes, just joking, just joking. <laughs> this is shitting bricks. <laughs> you may have been lost for the past three minutes, though. I do apologise, everyone. This is the a good example of the shittery that we get up to just to yes. warm ourselves up, get the vocal cords limber, Ooh. get our funny bones click clacking away. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I have an episode for you today. You oh, do. Boy. Wait, you where do. are you coming live from? Because I cannot keep track. 
okay? <laughs> you jet-setting all over the place. I am still in my home in Melbourne, Australia. I won't tell you the exact location because I don't want anyone to turn up <laughs> at my house unannounced because that is socially not okay. Uh, where are you, Dom? They should send photos first to UK. If At you, least. If they want to come visit, I yeah. need measurements, I need financial statements and a yes, couple please. of pics. I need references as your... well of not oh, your true. dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that folder is full. I don't want any more. <laughs> um, I'm coming to you live from Berlin. It is my last full day abroad before I get to jump on my 10th or 11th plane and I get Ooh. to go home and sleep in my own bed Yay. and brush my teeth and have a shower, a shit and a shave, all in have, my own bathroom. Just to confirm, have you not brushed your teeth this entire time you've been overseas? Because <laughs> that's what I it sounds like to me. <laughs> the fairy mouth. <laughs> No, I have, but for okay. some reason, brushing your teeth in your own bathroom versus brushing your teeth in someone else's sink yeah. or in a hotel, I just, I'm, I want to be settled. So I know travel is a privilege, but it's been a good month and I'm so ready to see you all folks and get some warm weather and home cooked meal in my belly. So. Yes, please. Um, I mm. would just put a little asterisk next to the warm weather, but everything else we can deliver. <sighs> Actually, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look at the, the um, forecast and see whether... Can I actually t- <clears throat> my... can I tell you, I looked at it earlier, I know what it's going to be. Oh, here we go. Go on. <laughs> it's actually going to be 30 degrees and sunny on Saturday and 29 and sunny on Sunday. Yay! Yes! <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to be at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my and God. Actually, I'm going to get so sunburned. I ordered a new bikini just recently, so I'm going to hit hit up the beach we are 26 minutes into this podcast. Should we start? I think we should. Screw <laughs> screw it. housekeeping. You all know the usual folks. You do. Um, but we love you. Kate, yeah, Kate has a ripper of an episode for us. And, and unless you want to quit your job and just listen to us full time, we should just get down to business, shall we? Totally. Let's do it. People have got things to do. Their workouts only go for so long. So here we go. Today, Dominic... I'm going to talk to you about uh, being lost in the wilderness because in the wilderness, because I did a little semi-series where I talked about being lost in the desert. I talked about being lost in the snow. So I thought it was only fair that we discussed being lost in the wilderness. And I feel a little bit embarrassed this episode. Can I be honest? Because (laughs) I... I'm it's only taken 58 episodes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story that was the, it, this is the first time I'd ever laid my peepers on this person and this story and this whole thing. And I was reading it. I'm like, this is fascinating. Every single person that I even slightly mentioned this to, they're like, oh yeah. And they did this thing with the stuff and the lady and the what, what, like they knew the ins and outs of the duck's ass. And I have never heard this story before so one thing i'm a little bit embarrassed i never heard it and number two uh i'm glad that i know it now so if you're in the same boat as me and i tell you this story and you don't know it then cool 
if I tell you this story and you do know it, there is actually, just to keep you suckered in, a little bonus story at the end. So you have to wait around for that. Um, or you can scrub forward, but I'm not going to give you any hint as to when it is. So just tuck in, folks. Tuck in. Yeah, don't keep your finger away from that fast forward button, folks. We don't yeah. have any ads just yet. So not yet. You no should... blue apron. No, no uh, whatever. I don't Marley know. spoon. Marley spoons. <laughs> All right. Now, Dom, I know my, my new favorite hobby is looking up words and phobias and studying the etymology of them because it's fascinating. Today, sure we're going to be looking at xylophobia, Ooh. not xylophone phobia, different, but xylophobia. <laughs> ding dong, ding. <laughs> <laughs> now, xylophobia is an irrational fear of wooded areas. So a forest, the wilderness. It's also known as hylophobia. Some mm -hmm. people find that their fear is worse at night, whilst others are equally afraid at all times of the day. Xylophobia is sometimes connected to other phobias such as animal fears, but may also occur alone. If I have just been screaming into the microphone, it's because I was wearing both headphones for a moment and I usually only wear one, I think. Um, no, you were so fine. Actually hear, okay, great. Because I actually could not hear myself speaking. I was not <laughs> able to control the timbre of my voice. Okay. So xylophobia. So xylo is a word meaning uh, wood. And mm -hmm. phobia, naturally, we know is about being afraid. So afraid of wood. That's what we're looking at. Okay. So if you suffer from xylophobia, the story I'm going to tell is probably going to be a little bit spoops. But here we go. Strapped aboard a plane wreckage, hurtling uncontrollably towards Earth, 17-year-old Julianne Kopke had a fleeting thought as she glimpsed the ground 3,000 metres below her. So this story is going to be about Julianne. Now, I did look up the pronunciation of our blessed lady's name. And there's a couple of different videos. This one was my favourite one. It's quite jaunty. Let me share it with you. Juliane. Juliana. Kupka. Juliana. Juliana Kupka. Juliane. Kupka. Juliane. Kapka. It's just great. So <laughs> I am going to say Julianne uh, just to keep you posted, but you can look up those pronunciations. There's about six different kinds and I, that was my fave. All right. So Julianne is on a plane and she's, uh, you know, glimpsing down at the ground 3000 meters below her. So she's not having the best time. The trees in the dense Peruvian rainforest look like heads of broccoli, she thought while she was falling towards them at 45 metres per second. Jesus. A wild thunderstorm. <laughs> She's to imagine actually having a conscious thought while you were hurtling towards the rainforest. Gosh, that Ooh. looks like broccoli. A bit of cheese, cheese sauce yeah. on that would look Ooh, right delish. good. Mm, pop it in the oven, bit of crisp. Now, a wild thunderstorm had de destroyed the plane that she was travelling in and the row of seats that Julianne was still harnessed to was twirling through the air as it fell down. Now she lost consciousness, makes sense, um, assuming that the odd glimpse of lush Amazon trees would be the last thing that she saw. But then Julianne woke up. The jungle canopy was now above her head. It was Christmas day in 1971 and Julianne dressed in a torn sleeveless mini dress and one sandal had somehow managed to survive a three kilometer fall to earth with relatively minor injuries. 
Now, mm-hmm. we've, we've done stories about people who have fallen out of planes and shipwrecks and all that sort of stuff. This is a pretty good one. <laughs> but <laughs> the plane crash is a means to an end because we want to get to, you know, her time when she has found out that she's in the Amazon. Now, walking away from such a fall bordered on miraculous, but the teen's fight for life was only just beginning. She crash landed in Peru, which is a jungle riddled with venomous snakes, mosquitoes and spiders. Returning to civilization meant that this hardy young woman, I would love to be described as that in my OB. Can I please be a hardy young woman? I don't know. I think okay. there's other qualities that I would, <laughs> I would, I personally would like to be like, oh, he's a sturdy lad, that one oh, is. Oh, sturdy. He's so Couldn't sturdy. Couldn't push him over. <laughs> Built like a brick shit house. that one. Bloody Nora. Okay, so this hardy young woman, Yulianne, she's the daughter of two famous zoologists. She would need to find her way out of this rainforest. Now, quite handy that she's the daughter of two famous zoologists because I want to let you know about some of the most dangerous animals that live in Peru. This is a little sidebar so that we're aware of what Yulianne has to overcome while she's wandering through this this Amazon. And I always love to go on a bit of a deep dive. I love to know what's going on. We have done solo episodes about insects and beasts and things and stuff. You can absolutely go and have a look at some of those. But this ties into Peru and the Amazon. So... A lot of the animals that are the most dangerous are so small that they can hide in plain sight without going detecting. detected. Excellent. Love that. <laughs> Others are incredibly skilled at hunting, so much so that you wouldn't notice being measured up for size. The jaguar is Peru's big cat and it prowls the jungle. Now, this has jaws that are strong enough to pierce skulls, if you weren't aware. However, that solitary animal usually stays in the depths of the Amazon, so it doesn't really attack humans very often. I feel like the only time a jaguar is going to attack you is if you literally stumble right up against wherever its babies are or something. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, whoopsie, Suz down. Oh, mean Suz. Interrupt your breakfast. <laughs> Beg pardon, I'm just passing through. All right, now nonetheless, whether you're exploring the famed Machu Picchu or hiking the Inca Trail, being on high alert, now, I mean, Julianne was doing neither of these, but being on high alert while exploring Peru is always a good idea for survival. You never know which of these most dangerous animals in Peru is just around the corner. So this is, you know, a handy hint, handy tip, you know, all sorts of bits and bobs that are going on in, in Peru whilst you're there. Now... There is a website I went to that has a great list of these creatures. And one of my favorite things is that it has a table, which is like, you know, what does it look like? How bad is it? What's the treatment for it? Um, You know, and and what should we do, essentially? So the first creature I'm going to talk to you about is a poison dart frog. Now, it sounds okay. It's a frog. No problems. The poison dart frog is one of the world's most deadly animals. Full stop. So they have poison that's powerful enough to kill up to seven men and they deliver that toxic attack in just tiny little, like tiny little squirts. And the toxic, (laughs) the toxin from a poison dart frog can kill any animal, including humans, in less than three minutes. And here's the kicker, there's no antidote. So if you are unlucky enough to come in contact with frog poison, (laughs) you will experience some or all of the following symptoms. So grab your notepads, 
Okay. Is this written on the underside of each dart frog? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I hope so. Like you pick it up and it's got the little table on it, the little list. No cure. You're fucked. <laughs> so here are <laughs> the symptoms which you may experience. Swelling. Are you swelling up unnecessarily? Muscular paralysis. Have you all of a sudden lost the use of your body? Nausea. Are you feeling a bit queasy? Or death. Have you died? So if you tick that box as a symptom, you may have been poisoned by a poisonous dart frog. So keep that little checklist with you, okay, folks? As I said, we're a helping podcast here. So the poisonous dart frogs, they they say that the treatment is to, um, you know, let your body fight it. (laughs) That's literally the treatment is trying to let your body fight it. So hopefully our blessed Julian didn't come up against a poisoned dart frog. If that wasn't so bad, um, then one of the most dangerous arachnids in the world is the Brazilian wandering spider. Uh, that lives in Peru and it's awful to look at. I had to Google it and I didn't like it. Now, bites from these spiders, they contain a powerful neurotoxin that can lead to serious respiratory paralysis as well as excruciating pain. Ugh. Now, these are like the same color as a dog shit that's been in the sun for a month. Like it's white, but gray and creepy. So it's like, yeah. Now these arachnids fortunately give plenty of warning before they're going to attack you. Okay. So they raise their body. Oh, I hate spiders so much. They raise their bodies onto their hind legs and they expose their red jaws, which is a defensive posture in the spider world. Okay. Now a venomous not bite. To from, be. Not to be confused with King Street in Melbourne. Okay. Which it's also similar because they usually raise their bodies on their hind legs and expose their red jaws. But this is what happens in the spider. Okay. Now, a venomous bite from a wandering, oh, far out. Um, it can cause the following reactions. Loss of muscle, <laughs> loss of muscle control, respiratory paralysis, inflammation, or you guessed it, death. So if you're suffering from any of those and you have ignored the warnings from the Brazilian wandering spider, you need to go to a hospi. Fortunately, there is an antidote. There's an anti, anti-venom. No, yep. they don't. Do, it's venomous. Yeah, yeah, not poisonous. Because you touch it, it's poisonous. It bites you, it's venomous. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there is one. So get yourself to a hospital. That's what you need to do. All right. Now, one of the other, it mentioned that Julian's going to come up against snakes. What kind of snake? Now, I read myself a little note that says, what kind of snake? So obviously I was not being able to type that day. But cool. I freaking love the name, the scientific name for this snake. So it's, it's you know... Um, whatever street name is the common lance head okay so it's mm-hmm. a viper and it's freaky but it's uh scientific name is bothrops atrox oh it sounds like a, a really great cool name like, yeah either it's a really good name for like a rapper or it's one that i would imagine from like a nfl team you know when they always go like what university they're from both rops H trucks, Mississippi University. <laughs> that like Go fighting snakes. <laughs> Go lanterns. <laughs> so both rops A trucks, uh, species they most dangerous snakes in Central and South America. They have venom that can disrupt blood clotting and cause hemorrhage, strokes, and kidney failure. Do not Ooh. get bitten by one of these mothers. Okay, so. 
please bear with me. I promise I'm getting back to surviving the wilderness. But if you want to know whether or not the common lancehead, both Rops Atrox, <coughs> would win a fight against a brown snake, which is Australia's most deadly or more or less that's the most deadly snake in the world, then you can go on your merry way into the deep, deep depths of the internet where a lot of people have already had this debate. So I was looking at that for 30 to 40 minutes last night. Oh my Turns Lord. out it's about a 50-50, to be honest, because of the different uh, attack styles that they have. In terms of if one bites the other, they're both pretty fucked. But at the same time, it comes down to their fighting styles. Um, yeah. So wow. that's that was a little rabbit hole I fell down. Or a snake hole, whatever you want to call it. Now... If you want to know about the bugs that Julianne would be up against, then you can visit, great website, bewareofthebugs.com. Fantastic. You can put in the location. It is. It's a classic. It's my go-to. You can put in a location and then it'll tell you the bugs specific to that place. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're all messed up. They will give you all of the diseases, the mosquitoes and all that will give you everything which you should get inoculated for. And last but not least... Piranhas! Welcome, guys. Oh, just yeah. go into the foyer. No worries. Just wait there for us, and we will get We've you some. We've got a fish tank meat. of them. Yeah, we, got, <laughs> we do actually. Do In you know? I room. really, I really enjoy building this idea of what our foyer looks like. <laughs> now there's a fish Lit- tank with piranhas in it. Yeah, every time Liz Truss has to feed them for the week, she she comes out covered in band aids and. <laughs> Damn it, Lizzie. <laughs> Um, all right, excellent. So piranhas, everybody knows they are, you know, super sharp teeth, jaws, they'll bite your skins off. No, that's bad. So don't get there. All right, back to Juliana Kupka, the jungle child raised by scientists. Now, a bit of background on Juliana. She was born to German parents in 1954 and she was raised in the Peruvian jungle from which she had now had to escape. Handy. How convenient. So it's not her first time. It is not her first time. Her father, Hans Wilhelm Kupke, was a renowned zoologist and her mother, Maria Kupke, was a scientist who studied tropical birds. Together, they had set up a biological research station in Panguana so they could immerse themselves in the lush rainforest's ecosystem. Julianne became a self-described jungle child as she grew up on the station. She said, I learned a lot about the life in the rainforest and that it actually wasn't too dangerous. I think it's not the green hell that the world always thinks it is. Yulian was homeschooled in Panguana for several years, but eventually she went to the Peruvian capital of Lima to finish her education. Is it Lima or Lima? It's Lima. I I say Lima. Okay. I'm saying Lima. Please write in and let us know if it's Lima. In 1971, Julianne and Maria booked tickets to return to Panguana to join their father for Christmas. Her mother wanted to get there early, but Julianne was desperate to attend her year 12 dance and graduation ceremony. Their only option was to fly out on Christmas Eve on Lancer Flight 508, which is a turboprop airliner that could carry 99 people. I don't like the sound of that. Julian's Why father. Why ninety nine? Sorry, just that extra There's one no seat. <laughs> I don't like the sound of turbo prop either. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Julian's prop, father. Yeah, Julian's father knew that the Lockheed L one eighty eight Electra plane had a terrible reputation. 
Of 170 Electras built, 58 were written off after they crashed or suffered extreme malfunctions mid-air. <laughs> I did the calcs, guys. That is 34.12% of the total number of those planes built fell out of the sky. <laughs> Not a good percentage return, okay? And I love that they say they were written off. It's like, oh, it just exploded in the <laughs> it's air. A, it's a I don't think we're going to be able to buff that one out. <laughs> That's it's a write-off, guys. Don't worry about it. Just put it on the next tax return. It's a write-off. We'll just claim a new one. Uh, forget it. Now, um, Julian's dad was like, "You need to go on a different plane. I don't want you to go on that one uh, because it sounds like it's it's shit. Like it's gonna fall out of the sky." Yeah. Uh, but because it was Christmas just around the corner, Julian and Maria decided that nah, we got to book our tickets. It wasn't difficult. It was difficult to find, uh, you know, a flight. Now, the flight initially seemed like any other. Placed in the second row from the back, Julianne took the window seat while her mother sat in the middle seat. They ate their sandwiches and looked at the rainforest from the window beside them. But 15 minutes before they were supposed to land, the sky suddenly grew black. Mm. Daylight turns to night and lightning flashes from all directions. People gasp as the plane shakes violently, Julianne wrote in her memoir, The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. Bags, wrapped gifts and clothing fall from overhead lockers. Sandwich trays soar through the air and half-finished drinks spill onto other passengers' heads. People scream and cry. Maria, oh, I love this. She's a nervous flyer, so she just murmurs to no one in particular, I hope this goes all right. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Plane is having a time and there's lightning everywhere and the pitch black outside. And Maria, who's just holding on to her little seat, going, oh, I hope this goes all right. Oh, you just imagine. This is not great. <laughs> Ham sandwich just slaps her in the face and she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. I hope this is going to get better. Now, Julianne recalled seeing a huge flash of white light over the plane's wing that seemed to plunge the aircraft into a nosedive. Now it's all over, Julianne remembered Maria saying in an eerily calm voice. <laughs> so calm. Oh, he's so calm. Oh, I hope this girl right. Oh, no, shit. Oh, we're plummeting down to earth. Oh, bugger. <laughs> She's just so chill. But no doubt she was completely in shock and was of trying course. to, you know, just process what the heck was going on. She now, snatches a little bottle of booze out of the air. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Go. Goodness me. Um, now, you know, after seeing this huge flash of white light over the plane's wing, um, the other, you know, screams of the other passengers and the thundering roar of the engine, it just all of a sudden started to vanish. And then Julian says that the next thing I knew, I was no longer inside the cabin. So oh. I was outside in the open air. She went on to say that I hadn't left the plane. The plane had left me. So she's just, oh, I have to laugh because this is like you would just, this is comical. If you were to see this happen, it's like, sounds like a cartoon where the person's sitting and then the fuselage just breaks away and the cartoon's just left sitting and then they're going to get that like noise that they fall to the, the bloody earth. It's bonkers. She's it's like, the matter of factness oh. that she's yeah. the way that she's writing, she's writing or recollecting it. It's just so frank. 
Exactly. It's not not sad. It's not positive. It's just there was a plane and then there wasn't a plane. And then there wasn't. And I was inside the plane and then I was outside the plane and I was like (laughs) up in the air. (laughs) I could see all the broccolis below and I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> Julianne was likely the only one in her row wearing a seatbelt. So she spiraled down into the heart of the Amazon totally alone. She said that there was almost nothing that my parents hadn't taught me about the jungle, which, you know, which is a good thing. Now on the floor of the jungle, Julianne, uh, I'm calling her Julianne now. It's not the correct pronunciation, but we're working through it. She assessed her injuries. So she was woozy and confused no doubt. She assumed Mm. that she had a concussion and her collarbone was also broken and she had some gashes on her shoulder and her calf. So look, she's all things considered falling three kilometers out of the air to have that as your injury. You're doing okay. But in terms of being lost, maybe not lost, lost, but you're not in a place, you know, in the Amazon, it's not ideal. She wrote that she lay there almost like an embryo for the rest of the day and the whole night until the next morning. Without her glasses, Julianne found it different, difficult to orientate herself. Her first priority, though, was to try and find her mother. Now, Maria, a passionate animal lover, had bestowed upon her child a gift that would help to save her. She could identify the croaks of frogs and bird calls around her. Julianne said that she recognized the sound of wildlife from Panguana and she realized that I was in the same jungle. So she's just like, oh, home. I know where I am. Happy days. So she wasn't far from home, but one wrong turn in a a jungle or, you know, in the Amazon, she's just going to keep walking deeper and deeper into the world's biggest rainforest and ne'er to be seen again. Mm. But she went on to say that there was almost nothing that my parents hadn't taught me about this jungle. I only had to find the knowledge in my concussion-fogged head. Yeah. Julianne finally pried herself from her plane seat and she stumbled blindly forward. So she doesn't have her specs. She can't see. She managed to find a packet of lollies that must have fallen from the plane and she walked along a river just as her parents had always taught her. Her father had warned her that piranhas, ding, 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 were only dangerous in the shallows. So she floated midstream hoping she would eventually encounter other humans. The jungle was in... I know. She's like, oh, I mean, the piranhas are by the shallows, right? So I'm just going to float in the middle of the river. Let's do that. Oh, God. Off I go. And again, you're right. It's so matter of fact. And um, yeah, she's just an amazing person. So the jungle also was in the midst of its wet season. So it was just raining. And it was like that forest gump. Like it rained from below and up top and sideways and long way. That's how it's raining there right now. Yeah. So everything was way too deep, uh, damp to light a fire and there was no fruit on any of the trees. So Julian knew that a lot of what grows in the jungle is poisonous. So she kept her hands off what she couldn't recognize. Now on the fourth day of trudging through the Amazon, the call of King vultures struck fear into Julian. The scavengers only circled in great numbers when something had died. And the call of the birds led Julianne to a ghoulish scene. Three passengers still strapped to their row of seats had hit the ground with such force that they were half buried in the earth. Oh, God. One of the passengers was a woman and Julianne inspected her toes to check it wasn't her mother. They were polished and I took a deep breath. My mother never used polish on her nails, she said. Julianne could hear rescue planes searching for her, but the forest's thick canopy kept her hidden. 
She was sunburned, starving and weak. And by the 10th day of her trek, she was ready to give up. Ice cold drops pelt me, soaking my thin summer dress. The wind makes me shiver to the core. On those bleak nights, I cower under a tree or in a bush. I feel utterly abandoned, she wrote in her memoir. Mm. But around a bend in the river, she saw her salvation. It was a small hut with a palm leaf roof. Inside, she found a can of petrol. What she does next with the can of petrol makes me sick. She (laughs) discovered, and, you know, no doubt because of the conditions that she's been walking in and dealing with, that unfortunately the gash on her shoulder was infected. So she's having a bit of a tricky time and she's found the petroleum uh, which she thought might help with the infection that was also filled with maggots. Yay! Yeah. <sighs> so she so poured just, the petrol. Sorry. Sorry, total sidebar okay, here. And Hit I'm, me. This is not to be answered right this moment because I know we've got to get through a big story, but that scene in Gladiator where Old Mate puts maggots in his injured shoulder to clean the wound... Uh-huh. I want to know whether that's actually true or not. Whether it's it's good to for that to happen, or whether it's a sign of you know things going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. I hear that. I feel as though like if I think of maggots, it's from like you know decaying flesh. I yeah. don't think it's good. Or does it, like, would you imagine that if it's a wound, it's going to eat the decayed flesh on the outside and then if you scrape them out, then, then you're, you're left with healthy flesh? Anyway, that's a anyway, that's a little mystery for us. But. Exactly. We can look that up. So, uh, Julianne has gone into this little tent. She's found the petrol. She pours the petrol over her wound, just as her father had done for their family pet once upon a time. She went on to say that the pain was intense as the maggots tried to get further into the wound. I pulled out about 30 maggots and was very proud of myself, so I decided to spend the night there. (laughs) She's given herself a little treat. So she um, stayed at the hut, sorted her maggot sitcho, and then had a little snooze, which turned out to be a good decision because the next day she awoke to the sound of men's voices and she rushed from the hut. The local Peruvian fishermen were terrified by the sight of the skinny, dirty, blonde girl. They thought I was a kind of water goddess, a figure from a local legend who's a hybrid of a water dolphin and a blonde, white-skinned woman, she said. But Julianne's parents had given her one final key to survival. (coughs) They had taught her how to speak Spanish. So she was able to say to these uh, Peruvian fishermen, I'm a girl who was in the Lancer crash. My name is Juliana Kapka. So one of the reasons that I got into this story is because it's so flippin' amazing and she survived and Mm. there was a lot of elements as to why she would not survive. So... She turned out to be the only person to survive that plane crash. And she has, over the years, struggled to understand why that was the case. So 90 other people, including her mother, Maria, um, died in the crash. And it's believed that 14 people survived the impact, but they were not well enough to trek out the jungle like Julianne. 
Wow. I know. She's pretty special. I mean, the cause of the crash was officially listed as an intentional decision by the airline to send the plane into hazardous weather conditions. Naughty, naughty. later, you can't do that. It's It's not allowed. Julianne later learned, I am looking forward to listening to this episode and hearing how many different ways I say her name. Uh, She later learned that the aircraft was made entirely of spare parts from other planes. Oh, fuck off. No wonder it's crashed. Like, how ridiculous. Having said that, like, they're only 15 minutes away from landing. (laughs) Like, it's not... I don't know. Now, Let's hope they her, didn't forget the wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I can just imagine, too, like when the wheels come down, there's one from a Boeing 747 and one from a twin prop. <laughs> like all the other one's made from Lego. <laughs> <laughs> one's from a wheelbarrow. Like, who knows? <laughs> now, with her survival, uh, Julianne joined a small club. Dozens have peop- of people have fallen from planes and walked away relatively unscathed. I have told you all about the story of 23-year-old Serbian flight attendant Vesna Vlovi. She survived the world's longest known fall from a plane without a parachute. Just one year after Julian Kapka. A mid-air explosion in 1972 saw Vesna plummet 9Ks into thick snow, but she lived and nobody knew why. So Julianne has several theories about why she survived. She wonders whether or not there was a really powerful updraft of the thunderstorm. So she, you know, might have just been caught in a freakishly lucky updraft, which to me it's like, it's actually not ridiculous because that storm sounded that intense that you could certainly have something of that magnitude. Um, And then she, you know, she slows her speed of hitting the, canopy of the amazon then perhaps that also slowed her fall is actually hitting the canopy Mm -hmm. um and then there's leaves all over the ground they cushion her landing uh yeah now um after she sort of went through and uh yeah discovered a little bit more about why that had happened she decided to continue on in her parents footsteps so she's now a biologist um And she likes to see the world like, yeah, like her parents did. And in her mind, her plane seat, it was spinning like the seed of a maple leaf, which like twirls like a little helicopter. You know, those cute little, yeah. Uh, And the forces of nature are usually too great for any living thing to overcome. But sometimes, very rarely, fate favors a tiny creature. It could have been, yeah, just luck, the whole canopy thing, the updraft. Julianne, Julianne, Juliana, all the names. (laughs) She still runs Panguana. uh, She still runs, um, yeah, Panguana, which is her family's legacy that stands proudly in the forest that transformed her. She went on to say that the jungle is as much a part of me as my love for my husband, the music of the people who live along the Amazon and its tributaries, and the scars that remain from the plane crash, she said. So. My goodness. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible story. And I do feel a touch embarrassed that I've never heard of it before. And I tell you, I have never heard of it. The name has never come up. I'm going to tell you a couple of pop culture references that I've never heard of. But I've never known about it. I did. I did know about it. I've, I've heard the story a couple of times. Um, I don't quite recall the maggot element. Mm-hmm. But um, that's... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to carry that with me for the rest of my life. Thanks, Kate. You're welcome. No worries. I can't believe that I didn't know about that, especially after looking and doing an episode on Vesna, falling mm. out of the damn plane. But anyway, I mean, I'm glad because now I got to add it to this story. One of the pop culture references that I wanted to share is uh, Wings of Hope, which is a documentary about this story. So she's in the documentary and yep. it's about, you know, her whole survival and what she does. And then it, they talk about the 10-day trek through the jungle. So the director, the filmmaker, is Werner Herzog, the mm. actor. So he was supposed to be on that plane. He was yeah. supposed to catch that same plane, which I think is part of, you know, why he wanted to connect um, with Julianne and go through all of this. But you can watch it on YouTube. It's free to watch and it's, it's in all the different parts, but it's really fascinating. And it opens up with uh, Julianne visiting the Wings of Hope Memorial in Peru. Um, so there's mm -hmm. all the names and photos of everybody that dies there and, you know, talks about her mom and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but they were talking about two, which is something that stuck with me, particularly this time of the year. They were flying, obviously, in Christmas, at Christmas time. So there were a lot of gifts in the plane. So part of the whole specific detail that haunts Julianne the most, Julianne the most, is that there were Christmas presents like hanging out of the Amazon rainforest in trees. Yeah. And so she would wander through and she's like, oh, good, more Christmas gifts just hanging from the trees. That would be super creepy. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Werner was supposed to go, but his reservation was cancelled because he just changed his itinerary last minute. And he just talks about that with Julianne in the, um, you know, documentary. And then talking about passengers on the plane and wanting to make it home. Um, but it's an unbelievable documentary and you should definitely watch it. It only goes for like 50 minutes. So check it yeah. out. It's on YouTube. Um, and it's really good. So I like it. All right. <laughs> Would you like to hear about one more little story? Super quick. Abs I promise. Absolutely. Lay it okay. on me. I mean, we, we, we've gotten as far as maggots, so you can't That's really... what I think. Exactly. So we've talked about Peruvian Amazonian creatures and bugs. We've talked about xylophobia. We've talked about maggots. Let's talk about Yoshi Ginsburg. Hey, Yoshi. Yoshi. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And I don't mean Osha Ginsburg, the reality television host here in Australia. Mm. I mean uh, Yoshi. Yoshi. Y-O-S-S-I. I think that's it. pretty pretty, pretty spot on. Yossi. Okay, so Yossi Ginsburg, for those of you that don't know, in 1981, he was traveling with three other people through the Bolivian Amazon. Again, Amazon. I don't know about it. It's big. After a couple of weeks. Sorry. It's, it's big. big. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Um, after a couple of weeks of rough conditions, the group split into two. Tragically, one of the half of the group was never seen again. Meanwhile, Ginsburg and his friend Kevin headed off in a raft. It was fine until they lost control before a waterfall and Ginsburg was sent over the waterfall. He was by himself now. Now, Ooh. Ginsburg told the Jewish Chronicle that for three weeks he did what he could to survive. He lit bug spray to make a makeshift flamethrower to water for jaguar. Talked about those. Mm. 
He swiped wow. eggs from nests and ate them raw, depending on the egg's progress. This was either breakfast or dinner. But overall, he ate very little, and he was regularly attacked by all sorts of nasty creatures. Hopefully not the poisonous dart frog. One day it was fire ants, and then a couple of days later he battled termites. By the end, as he confessed, confessed to the Sydney Morning Herald, I would have eaten human flesh. With hunger at that level, it is just energy. It is beyond disgust. And I know that we've spoken a lot about cannibalism. Yep. And that's one of those things. The human body's like, it's, I just need to live, so I don't really care. Now, amazingly, his rescue happened almost completely by accident. Kevin, his rafting buddy, had survived and was looking for him, but thought he'd failed. So he landed his boat to turn around and just happened to land exactly where Ginsburg had collapsed. Collapsed, Like, oh. <laughs> how ridiculous. He's just like, oh, no, I can't find my friend. Forget it. I give up. Oh, there he I'm is. I'm going back. <laughs> Yossi, my mate, get in. <laughs> now, this is, you know... An incredible story and something else that fits into my pop culture references that tie in to our Lost in the Wilderness story today is the story is Hollywood worthy. So Daniel Radcliffe plays this character, Yossi Ginsberg, in a film called Jungle. Which Harry good. Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> that was way too accurate. <laughs> Get back to the jungle, Harry. Um, yes, so Daniel Radcliffe plays him and Juliana Kopka still kicking, doing her biology thing. And do you know what? That's my story and my tale and my treks of being lost in the wilderness. Oh, wow. Kate, you spoil <laughs> us. <laughs> I hope that someone was able to keep up, but my suggestion to all of you is if I'm telling an episode, just let go. Just oh. let it all go. Just let it wash over you. Do as Juliana did. Pour some yes. petrol on it. Pick out the bad bits and Dig enjoy. the maggots out and have a good time. Perfect. <laughs> okay, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this you know accidental series almost yeah. of lost in the whatever because yep. each of them is such there's always a great story and they're always different like we love yeah. hearing about people surviving and obviously we've lost quite a few people along the way too um yes, but it's it's there's i just love that you add in elements of survival stuff like you know good tidbits of information that are practical and useful everyone should mm -hmm. know uh, <laughs> a tinge I of humor suggest, yeah i wouldn't use this as a survival guide um or maybe i would and see what fucking happens i would love to know <laughs> i listened to your podcast and went to the amazon and i didn't see any christmas gifts this is bullshit <laughs> you, you just you find the best things kate it's always you just never know what you're gonna get <laughs> oh my god you really don't you truly don't and that's the thing when i look for things if i just have a broad strokes theme oh who knows who knows what's gonna happen yeah. and i think that's where it shines because my goal is to give you something to talk about at dinner so go ahead take this tidbit 
maybe leave the maggots bit out while people are eating, but certainly yeah. go ahead and talk about the poisonous dart frogs and Julia the Coca and her travels. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> next next episode for Kate, she can do Lost in Kate's Mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> you don't want to go in there. It's like <laughs> Professor X's special room where he goes in and sees all the thoughts. <laughs> it's very expensive in medication to make that stop. <laughs> and there's a cost of living crisis, energy crisis at the moment, so we just can't oh. run it. Wild. Wild. Mm. Maybe we could do one which is lost in Chadston. <laughs> which is a shopping center here for those of you that don't know. All right. Do you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to have a chocolate bar that is from the UK that my lovely person, she's my sister. She's not a person. I mean, she's a person. She's also my sister. Whoa. Georgia got me a chocolate bar called a whisper and I'm going to go and eat it. I'm going to cup of tea. You treat yourself. You deserve it. Thank you. And Dom, I cannot wait until you're back on these fine shores. I also can't wait until your mama and papa are back. It's just, everyone's been spread out for too long yeah time to bring us time back to together. come home yeah i agree absolutely and christmas is coming up again my goodness Yay! how exciting oh that reminds me we might be doing something i've just decided myself so dom's in the dark too a special christmas episode yay we yay! love this we do they're gonna be fun <laughs> Cannot wait. I love you guys and Dom, I love you. And we'll see you all next week and get on our socials and do the thing and interact with us and love us and get on our Patreon. Please. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe and get a good night's sleep. Yes. Do all of those things. Love you so much. See you soon. Bye-bye. Exits are to your left, to your here, right. Here, 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 anywhere. Just keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We're out of here. Da -da -da. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.